This is Jeremy from the Nerd Out Loud podcast, and I pay money to Patreon every month just to help alleviate the guilt I feel from not listening to I Doubt It with Dolomore. And Brittany, we're worried about you. Blink twice if you're being held against your will. We're here to help. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome and thank you for joining us on this wonderful 154th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, as lovely and as intelligent as ever, Ryan Bell. <laughs> what? And everyone's so excited about the possibility of me being fired and replaced by Ryan Bell. Not at all. Oh, Not a chance. The and, drive is too much. And by the way, Brittany Page is here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't even planned. I, and Ryan certainly wasn't expecting. I it. wasn't prepared for the that. The look at all. on your face was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I am lovely. I, I, I mean, I'm lovely and intelligent, but, yeah. but that's not what I expected you to say. Well, last time on the show, we talked about the fact that you have started your own project, and I, I spoke, you know, uh, mildly glowingly about it. I, I, you know, I'm, in, I'm very excited for you for what you're doing, and so we, we gave you a little plug. Thank you. I mean, you know, I expect a check to be in the mail soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in the course of it, we said maybe we'd try to get you back on, made a joke about how you never listen to the show. Apparently, you do listen I to the do show. I do listen to the show. Because you, uh, you, uh, you're here. I'm here. Yeah. Only at, two at, or three days later. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm ready to go. <laughs> no, I do. I mean, no, I didn't listen to that show, but I have listened to recent shows. We... We, we're going to need, it was sparked because we're going to need you to re-record. I played the drop the other day of you saying, this is Ryan Bell with Year Without God and blah, blah, blah. Don't fucking listen to that show. And I said, well, that's a, we're going to have to retire that because you're not Ryan Bell with Year Without God anymore. You're now Ryan Bell with Life After God. That's right. So and you- I do listen to the show, so I may, I may not be able to, in good conscience, uh, you know, say that I don't. Ah, conscious conscience. Yeah. Well, you'll say it. That's true. I'll say it. <laughs> now, you should have seen the look on his face when he said, I'll say it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your your new, new show? Yeah, it's a, it's a new podcast, but it's actually more than just a podcast. It's a an entire project where we want to walk alongside people who are going through a process of questioning their beliefs, questioning their faith, mm-hmm. uh, evaluating their belief systems, evaluating their worldview, and in some cases, helping people deconstruct something that's already deconstructing for them and then help them reconstruct a worldview that works in a, in a better way for them. So our goal is not to like find people and help them question things, but we're trying to help you're people not, who you're are, not trying to deconvert that's actively, right. right. No, no, no. We're trying to find people who are questioning things and deconverting and sort of offer to be a support for that process without an agenda for sure. them. I mean, some people who are questioning their faith will end up becoming different type of Christian or a different type of Jew or or, or something. So uh, we, we don't have an agenda for people's lives, but we do know that the process of questioning your faith is often a lonely and painful 
um, and fraught process. It can involve uh, marriage and family tension. It can involve losing friends and jobs and all kinds of things. So the I think the cornerstone of Life After God is really the personal coaching uh, yeah, that, yeah. that we can work with people in, in a one-on-one relationship to just kind of give them tools to do this work of, of questioning and rebuilding their, their worldview. Um, but the podcast is also a really important part of that. We're going to have people on. Primarily, the focus of the show will be talking to people who have been through that transition or people who are helping supervise others that are going through that transition and uh, and just really try to explicate it a bit more, like hmm. dive into like what is it like for people. And I, th- I think it serves two purposes. For one, for people who are going through that process, it gives them a sense that they're not alone. They hear a story and they're like, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And then there's other people who are, have been really non-believers all their life. I mean, to be a non-believer is kind of a not even a thing for them because they just never believed any any of that religious stuff. For them, it gives them a little window into what that's like, because I think a lot of atheist groups and, and atheist individuals lack a little empathy for people who have been religious. They yeah, see it I, as like believing in the tooth fairy. And, and you know, that's as I get the joke about the tooth fairy, like, ha ha, I get yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. know, but it's really upsetting to people who have spent their life believing in God. And it was nothing like the tooth fairy for them. So it's, it's a kind of a, a sensitivity training, if you might, if you will. Uh, the first time we ever met you was actually right here in Orange County. And it was uh, the screening of, I believe his name is John Christie, John, yeah. John Christie's movie, uh, A Week in Atheism or something like that. Yeah. With, uh, like with that. Uh, David Smalley. Yeah. And so, so this is this is tangentially related to what you just said that about Christians not understanding. And I made a, I asked a question or wrote, rose rose a point during the Q and A that it's not. I don't know what I ended up saying was something along the lines of there isn't anything more real than when you're in in the congregation of the faithful and you're 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 shoulder to shoulder with other believers in a worship service that's that's real that's not tooth fairy bullshit no that's something that it's the one thing that i look fondly on mm-hmm. that i miss having no faith now you know i when i was in church and granted i was you know a teenager and a very young man it was uh emotional and real for me it it was good what always surprised me was the way that I would look out at my congregation and it was rich and poor, 15 different ethnicities, yeah, people of different careers, different, some had children, some didn't, some were married, some were single, some were gay, some were straight. And I thought to myself, where else in the world would you see these people all together in one place? Yeah. And it, I couldn't, maybe a movie theater. You yeah. know, but or they're not there a, or a together, rock together, though. They're there as atomized, right, individuals. Right, right. But what, you know, and it was only our belief that God had our best interest in mind and called us into this work to make the world a better place. Yeah. That was the thing that brought this weird. And we would, I mostly thought of it after church when we would go to typically to this Thai restaurant together. And there would be like 50, we would like roll 15 deep to this Thai <laughs> restaurant. And it would be like a 65 year old Thai woman. And then like a mom with a little baby and then like young adults of all ethnicities around 25. And then, you know, and it's just like, who are these people? Yeah, yeah. Like, where would you see them all together? They're just nothing like each other. They're not like, it's obvious that they're not one 
biological family. Sure. Even if you factor in adoption, like it's just impossible to piece this together as an actual family. So it's like what brings us together and what brought us together was the fact that we felt called into this community of believers. And and that's aside from the fact that the belief system is almost impossible to believe in at some point, it, it, there's something beautiful about that picture that I miss. Well, because it's humanity. It's humanity come together to to create something good. At least that's the idea. Well, and that's probably what makes it so alienating for when people are coming out of religion is you're losing that which is such a crucial part of being involved in the church. And it's not just a feeling of belonging, like where you have friends where you feel like you belong, like the Cheers bar, like where everybody knows your name. Norm! <laughs> but it's like belonging to this cosmic thing. Yeah, yeah. I was interviewing David Hayward, who's a former pastor on the third episode of my most recent third episode of the Life <laughs> After God podcast. And we were talking about how career-wise as former clergy, when you've worked for the king of the universe and you have the most important job of the whole, of all the jobs, yeah, yeah. like how do you then look for work or feel motivated to do something important? Yeah. Even like working for the cancer society or, you know, save the children or, or it's, I mean, it's, sure. it's, it's important and it's wonderful and motivating, but there's still something about it that feels less than like the most important thing it's tough is is this um life after god project of yours and not just the podcast but uh, you know for me that's the part i'm super interested in because the other parts don't necessarily apply to me i'm not going to be seeking out counseling or coaching got it yeah but, for sure but th that interests me do, do you do you think that that element of it was born out of the fact that you really could have used used that or do you think that the, your notoriety that came uh, as a result of of all the press that you got, right? It's kind of a I'm doubling down there. It's obviously the notoriety is because of the press, and <laughs> but true. Did, so you you may not have needed that because you got so much notoriety and you had all these resources um, and uh, outlets to go to to get you know some some support. But do you would have that helped you? I think it would have. I mean, I think. There were people who, because, like you say, because the my story went public in a big way, people offered that, and I took them up on it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's a lot of people, I know there's a lot of people who, who think when they talk to me, they say, I thought for a year that I was the only one. Yeah. Or, I mean, they couldn't realistically think they're the only one, but they didn't know that there were masses of people who are going through the same thing together. So, yes, it would have been, you know apart from the fact that I didn't need it because I had my own sort of community that emerged around me very quickly, if it hadn't been for that, I, I would have very much needed it. And and the fact is that I have people write to me and ask me to talk. Like, I, my, actually, my first client, actually, uh, was someone who emailed me and said, hey, I'd I'm going through something similar. I'd love to chat. And I said, actually, that's what I do now. So... Yeah, let's, let's do it. So we had a Skype conversation, kind of an introductory Skype conversation, and and we're gonna have uh, some some time together talking about his his journey and his process. So, uh, and I'm you know I don't have, and this this is actually characteristic of of me and my methodology, kind of in general. I don't have a clearly mapped out 
like strategy for this. I have some right. some general like frameworks and each and I want to take each individual person as a unique individual, right? So I don't have like a like, well, here's the timeline and here are the benchmarks you have to hit and here are my goals for your life. Yeah, but wouldn't it be different just based on everyone's different flavors of Christianity or faith in general? Right. Com- coming out of faith is not just, it's not the same scripted bullshit for every single person because everybody's faith entails something different. And the fracture points are different. So for some people, science is the breaking point for them. Like they oh, yeah. they read That's a awesome. science book and they were like, oh shit, I can't believe this anymore. <laughs> and and then other people, they're in psychology and they're like, oh, we just made this up. Or some people are just really reading their Bibles. Or some people are reading their <laughs> Bibles and they're like, wait a second, I hope this God doesn't exist, <laughs> right? And that's what that's I tell. What it was for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I t- tell people like sometimes one of the, one of the questions I get asked a lot on other people's shows is what would it you know what would be evidence for you? Like if you say now like to believe in God, I would need evidence. So what would qualify as evidence? Well, hang on, hang on. I don't want you to feel uh, out of place. So let me ask you, what would be evidence for you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a really tough question, Jesse. I'm Thank so you. glad you asked that. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one because knowing what I know now, I would be skeptical of really any evidence. And even given incontrovertible evidence, whatever that might be, right. I would be more afraid of that God than I would be inclined to worship it. That's funny. That It kind of leads me to, it makes me think about when Hitch used to, the late Christopher Hitchens. Mm, We miss you, Hitch. Like we're buddies, and I just call him Hitch, but... uh, Everybody calls him Hitch. Yeah, I know. If you called him Chris, that would be weird. Yeah, yeah. That would be not good. Like like fucking Bill Maher does. Constantly calls him Chris. He would correct you and say, no, Christopher. Right. So Christopher Hitchens would correct Bill Maher. No, he no. He hasn't corrected Bill Maher, but he's corrected other people. Sean Hannity constantly would call him Chris Fuck that guy. Yeah, no kidding. So... Ugh. What I was going to say is that Christopher Hitchens is really kind of known, and for me, he was the first guy to say and, and label himself an anti-theist, and, and I think that's bullshit, because, listen, I don't believe there's a god, or any gods for that matter, but if one showed itself to me, and it was an omniscient, omnipotent being, I'd be worshiping the shit out of that, because that's a god who created me. Right or wrong, evil or you know, or or malevolent or benevolent. Right, I would be on my face because it's it's God. I always go back to the movie Prometheus with all of its failings as a movie. I think it's an interesting premise, right? So I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know these cultural anthropologists, you know, discover these cave drawings and aliens part four right right aliens part prequel part minus one kind of (laughs) yeah so they you know fast forward like lots of details they somehow figure out that these cave drawings were made by this alien life form and they go look for it because they've sensed that this is humanity's creator and in fact it is and when they find it it's just a bigger version of themselves you know and i think this is honestly when i think about human life being created if it was created in some way this seems logical to me like this seems plausible like if if in a hundred years time or 50 years time someone says this is kind of roughly how we got here like someone started a chemical reaction in a laboratory somewhere else and planted it here on this planet because it seemed conducive to life and, and that turned out to be true i'd be like yeah that makes sense i mean yeah yeah i don't want to meet them 
just as those guys who went you know looking for them did not turn out to be a pleasant encounter right you know for whatever reason i'm not sure i mean and and the movie leaves many things to be desired but well very well could be a kid with a magnifying glance magnifying glass on an anthill absolutely you know absolutely well i'm just i'm killing ants but they're just ants. it's like a seventh grade science fair in another universe that's much more intelligent than ours right right and what happens when a seventh grader gets done with the science fair they shove that shit in the garage and they never look at it again it's like a star trek episode it's (laughs) you know it's so we are in the garage of the universe having been created by this punk ass kid who doesn't give a shit about us so Time to move on with our lives, people. Wow, Ryan Bell. Laying it down. Calling the possible god a punk-ass kid. (laughs) Only, you heard it here first, folks. (laughs) You heard it here first? You heard it here. You did hear it here. So as a part of this project, you're also writing a book, right? I am writing a book. Oh, really? What? Where the hell have I been? I didn't even know this. Oh, it's slow going, but I am writing a book, um, and it's a memoir that's about Year Without God, but it in order to tell the Year Without God story, it's really uh, a memoir of my early religious life, my yeah, time yeah. as a pastor, kind of all the lead up. So it's sort of the 300-page version of the 35, 40-minute talk I've given a few times with a lot more interesting details. Which we've we've missed every time. Yeah. We've never seen it. So that I, that this is something... I can queue up a YouTube video This is... Uh, I've already done that for you tonight uh, okay, okay, of yeah, mine. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen your YouTube videos. How about my YouTube videos? So, uh, that's that's something I would buy. I actually just bought a book, um, written by a, one of our listeners, Jared Lawrence. He wrote a book called "Falling on Purpose," and it's kind of his oh. his story coming out. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, so he's actually donating proceeds to the Clergy Project, which I'm you're familiar with. So. Yeah, I'm a member of the Clergy Project. Oh, awesome. So maybe you guys should. Uh, yeah, I'd love to meet up. Connect. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. We I could have the, him on. We could have him I on. Did the, the having sex. Yeah, we're not going to do with my hands. I'm, I'm really, really sure we're not going to do that. But, but that's uh, not the kind of uh, uh, consultation. No, that you're, you're no, we don't offer that kind of consultation. <laughs> we don't offer that kind of consultation. But I could have him on the podcast to tell his story. Yeah, I would love to do that because we really do want to have people who have been through this journey. And one of the goals of telling those stories is to show how similar they can be, and yet in their similar sort of core threads how different they can also be. Yeah. Yeah. So So it sounds like life after God is really encompassing a lot of different things. The consulting, the podcast, the upcoming book, you have a lot going on. How can people support this project? Yeah, so people can go to the website, lifeaftergod.org, and learn all about the... And it's .org. .org, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Lifeaftergod.org, and all the links to everything is there. So you can learn about the coaching services that we are offering. You can link up to the podcast. We have a Patreon page there where um, I'm actually unemployed at the moment. So I'm trying to make it work so that I can do this full time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's going to take a little time to transition to that probably. But if people want to support financially for the podcast and the work that we're doing. And Patreon great. really is an easy way to do it. I know we talk about Patreon on the show for us, but it is an easy way where you can go to to patreon.com slash life after God. And you can give a monthly donation. You could, for you, it's just monthly, right? It's, it's, it's monthly at this monthly. point. I was thinking oh, about easy. doing per episode, but it's every week. So I thought it's a little less scary for people. The monthly thing I think is beautiful because you also do the, the coaching. You do 
Right. And the coaching is going to be a fee for services. Yeah. But I'm also very interested in eventually creating a scholarship pool. So people who need the coaching... I mean, here's the thing. When someone is in need of that type of coaching, they're often at a point in their life where they can't afford it. Yeah. So yeah. it's tough, you know? And I think any kind of counseling or coaching or therapy, often the person feels or senses the need for it at the time where they can least afford it. And I, I do like the idea of there being some accountability on the part of people who are enrolling in something like that. But I also recognize that people aren't always going to be able to afford so... I want to be able to support that. And so that you, Patreon will come in that way. Yeah, yeah, Patreon will come in that way. If you want to support others that are doing that, that'd be great. Well, that's good. So like I said, I've already dropped the website. You can go to patreon.com slash life after God and uh, check it out. And also, you've got a slick website. Yeah, I have a friend who is also a former Seventh-day Adventist. Which is the lifeaftergod.org. Org <laughs> website. And he has a business solutions company that he and a few of his buddies started up a few years ago. Really great operation. It's slick. It really is. And they created this for me. And so I'm actually in exchange, you know, promoting them. So if, if you are in need of yeah, developing... what's there? What's there? They're uh, WB Pro. And if you uh, is go... like WBPro.com? I think so. All yeah, right. if you Google WB Pro, you'll find it. And they're on Facebook as WB Pro. And they do all sorts of different business solutions type of services. But one of the things they do is this web development stuff. It's it's He's really put together a great website. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're happy for you, man. Very yeah. happy. And I, I, can't, I can't let this go without saying thank you to you in particular for coaching me uh, <laughs> on the process of developing this podcast. I've gotten... Uh, I've gotten some some really nice uh, props from people saying that the sound quality is great and uh, um, for for folks to know like too that you you helped me develop the intro to the show and put that all together for me and this is the first my listeners are actually hearing this I haven't talked about it yeah so. so you so yeah so Jesse actually put together the intro for the Life After God podcast uh, obviously I gave the input of what I wanted, but he put it together and edited that whole thing together for me and, and has come out to, out to my place and advised me on technology and equipment and how to do this and how to use the software. So if it sounds awesome and you like it, it's because <laughs> Jesse saved my ass. And if it sounds terrible, it's because Ryan didn't follow my instructions. Because I can't follow <laughs> instructions because I'm like email him or messaging him on the computer like every day, like now how do you do that again? Like, <laughs> what menu is that under? Yeah, I'm getting misty over here. Uh, I'm getting real misty. Jesse needs to start his own podcasting consulting company. I agree. I Jesse agree. Jesse D's Podcasting <laughs> Consulting LLC. Well, Jesse D. It's funny that no one's come to me. No, no listener has said anything. No, I mean, you've only launched just like, you know, it's been like a week and a half or something. And you were already like number one in religion and spirituality, the other category. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And and you're like number 14 or 13 overall in religion and spirituality, so it's beautiful. But I haven't had any listeners or anybody tweet and say, hey, is that uh, is that your voice? In the intro? In the intro. <laughs> that's Jesse's VO, guys. Jesse's doing VOs yeah. now. But uh, we're happy. We're very happy for you. I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. And also, it's not just a method of entertainment or a vehicle for for that but it's also you're you're helping people and obviously like with what we do here in this show i really want this to be fun and entertaining for people but moreover we really want to move the conversation forward we want to have an honest and open dialogue about all the topics of the day and it's one of the reasons why i was so happy to help you out is because you're 
there's a noble intent behind what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, without further ado, let's move on with the already scheduled program, Brittany. The program. 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 Where does that come from? Is that a northeast, north, north central? Oh, I don't know. I had. It's Jesse D. It isn't. It isn't necessarily Jesse D. I had uh, teachers in high school and in junior high who would Wednesday. Everything was Wednesday and program. I don't know. It's just. Did they say crick too instead of creek? Oh, for sure. (laughs) They were saying crick. All right. Well, before we get on to follow up and then on with the show, we did get an email last week that I skipped because apparently I'm a dirty, terrible, lazy, inept turd at what I do. And Dave from Mississippi emailed us, and I believe it's about Donald Trump. And we definitely want to get to that before we forget it again. So Dave in Mississippi says, I am no fan of Trump. In fact, I think that behind the scenes of the Trump campaign, the hard reality that his little attention grab has horribly backfired is probably starting to sink in now. Trump doesn't really want to be president. I wouldn't be surprised if he bows out at some point under the guise of the purposefully exposing how little faith citizens have in the current political system. Regardless, I appreciate that he dodged the question of citing his favorite Bible verse. That is very much a personal question, and regardless, it has no place in political discourse. The Bible is perhaps what our country's values are founded on, but it is purposefully separated from our political practice by the Constitution. Wow. Alliteration aside, that's a beautiful sentence. I think that, at some point, the age-old journalistic standard of objectivity has to apply to our leaders, where, despite one's personal beliefs, the good of the nation and the upholding of the founding principles has to take precedence over one's religious beliefs. And if a person can't distinguish between the two or doesn't understand that difference, then they are not qualified to lead us. I can't believe I am saying this, but I applaud Trump for refusing to answer this question about a Bible verse. And in closing, I only want to say that, if nothing else, Trump has shown us that the leaders of the future will likely be those that speak from the heart, not based on poll numbers. For better or for worse, consequences be damned. Ironically, the king of reality TV has exposed the current political system as the game of sound bites and pandering that it really is. Can you imagine if a Republican candidate called out the party for its uncompromising stance on gay rights or abortion policy? Likewise, what if a Democrat pointed out the rampant abuse of social programs such as welfare or food stamps? We've got a shit ton of problems on both sides, and at this point, not to sound biblical, we really need a savior that can somehow straddle the political lines and make decisions based on the ideals of liberty and freedom. Disagreement is fine, but we can't keep fighting like this or all will be lost. Please, gods, help us find our way. (laughs) Thanks, you two. I love the show. Well, Dave in Mississippi, as always, we thank thank everybody, but especially Dave in Mississippi for the email. It, It is awesome when we get communication from the listeners I don't know why Dave, he must not have a cell phone to be able to call 657-464-7609 to leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear your Mississippi voice. Also, he's making me work for it. <laughs> I'm having to read a lot. But before I, I guess I wanted to, what's the kiss, kick, kiss thing that when you're supposed to, in management, you're supposed to give some praise before you you get to the bad stuff. Well, oh, that I, was the praise. One minute manager. Chris from the Radical Therapist explained it that it's you're Oreoing it. <laughs> well, I'm going to Oreo it right here. Although Oreo, nobody likes the, the outside good stuff's part. on it's the, the inside. inside. Yeah. yeah. The opposite Oreo. I'm going to reverse Oreo you here, Dave. Uh, all that was the, the good stuff. Here's the bad stuff. 
I'm going to disagree with you. One is the Bible question. Um, it is a legitimate question to ask when he sits before thousands of people, 13 to 30,000 people in an Alabama stadium and goes on and on and on about how much he loves the Bible. It's my favorite book. Ah, everybody's so shocked when I say that. They think I'm going to say that the Out of the Deal is my, my favorite book, but it's my second favorite book. Believe me, believe me, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. <laughs> He's the one who brought it into the public sphere. Wow. How did you get Trump in the studio, man? <laughs> He's the one who brought it up. So it is a legitimate question to ask. Not only that, every time he speaks, he says, oh, I'm a Protestant. I'm a Presbyterian. Yeah, he always says both of them, too, because he wants to let you know. I, I've been thinking about this. Why the fuck is he saying both words? It's because he wants to let you know, I'm not a Catholic. That's why he's saying Protestant. Huh. Because up you know he's he's a child of you know JFK when it was a problem that he was a catholic running for president yeah but hasn't he seen the latest pew research polls catholics are at the top now well that's that brings me to my other point is that donald trump dave in mississippi says you know it's kind of refreshing that he's a guy who's speaking while not listening to the polls i i don't believe that to be true because he is rising in the polls and he's getting he's getting traction when he says racist racist and xenophobic things. So what does he do? He doubles down on the racism and the xenophobia. He is following the polls. The problem is is that he's getting a positive response for the shitty things that he says. So what what are you going to do? I mean, as performance art, it would be so amazing <laughs> if someone were actually, as Dave says, exposing sort of the the shallowness of the whole system. Uh, and at the end says, surprise. Yeah, no I kidding. don't, you know, like, I don't believe any of that shit I've been saying for the last six months. Uh, it would be so great. It always makes me think, Trump always makes me think of, of um, Bullworth, the movie Bullworth. Yeah, Have yeah, you seen yeah. it? Yeah, even though it's sort of opposite Bullworth, but anyway. <laughs> well, what's surprising about Donald Trump is he just signed that pledge to support the Republican nominee that and right. to not do a third party run. I mean, of course, you know, he just signed a pledge. It's not like a it's, binding yeah, it's legal document. It's not a legal contract. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So anyway, when he uh, breaks that, he'll call them losers for thinking that, he, that he, he would will. actually follow that. Ah, you fucking losers. You thought I was telling the truth. What Donald a bunch of Trump losers. is back. Jesse's Donald Trump is sort of New Jersey a little bit. I mean, I mean, he is New Jersey, but I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't have the nuance to my accents. I'm just, I just hear uh, it's tremendous. Uh, it's t believe me, believe me, believe me. Uh, anyway, anyway, moving on. Let's let's move on to something that just came across today. We're going to talk a little bit about Bill Cosby. No, no, we don't answer that. Damon Wayans was in studio with a radio show. I think they're called The Breakfast Club. I, don't, don't fact check me there because it doesn't matter. And he had a little conversation about Bill Cosby and was questioned by a female host about what he would do if in Bill Cosby's position. Now, what advice would you give Bill Cosby now if you could tell him this is what you need to do? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, tell the truth. I, I, if I was him, I I would divorce my wife, wink, wink, give her all my money, and then I would go to a deposition. I'd light one of them three-hour cigars, 
I have me some wine and maybe a quaalude. <laughs> and I would just go off because I don't believe that he was raping. I think he was in relationships with all of them. Mm. And then he's like, you know what? It's 78. It don't work no more. I can't get it up for any of y'all. Bye, bitches. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, really? Rape. Because, I mean, so you think he had 40 50 years. Year relationships? 40 years. You Listen, how big is his penis that it give you amnesia for 40 years? Well, no, in all fairness, some women did come out previously. <laughs> some women did, did huh? go ahead previously and come out and, and give their stories, and we didn't hear. There's a couple of them right. that did, you know, decades, a couple of decades ago. So yeah, but he you, never was charged with anything. Right, but if you listen to them talk, they go, well, the, the first time, it, the first time, bitch, how many times did it happen? Yeah. Just listen to what they're saying. And some of them really is unrapeable. When you look, I look at them and go, "No, what? you don't want that. Get out of here." But I, but I, <laughs> go on, get you, get up, get out of here. No, but I and understand then, the dynamics well, of a pe- 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 They might have been hot in their younger days. <laughs> no, you <laughs> can tell, dude. Some of, some of them are models like and actresses, but I understand the dynamic of people saying, "Well, why were you alone with him?" Or why were you in that room? Or why did you go upstairs with him? And then people people look at you in a certain way and you're like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe that's my fault. Look, look, I understand fame. I've lived it. Women will throw themselves at you. They want, you know, they just want to be in your presence. So saying that someone is unrapeable suggests that there are types of women that are rapeable. So I would love to hear from Damon Wayans on, you know, what type of woman is rapeable? Yeah, describe. Describe for me, Damon Wayans. That's that's an awesome question. Describe for me your ideal rapeable woman. Yeah, that journalist didn't do her job. Well, it wasn't journal. I think it's like a morning show, morning uh, radio show, but still. But still a woman who's having this person in front of them saying this. I mean, even though he's a comedian, right? This was kind of a serious conversation. Yeah, I, 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 I listened to a lot of this. It's it's like a, a, a seven minute thing. And I listened to a lot of it for that tome of he's just cracking wise and being a, a, a provocateur comedian. That the tone of this was conversational, where he's trying to present a rational argument. Where no, I really believe that these were forty-year relationships, and when he wasn't able to have sex with them anymore, then they're going to cry rape. Th- this is atrocious. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I feel sick to my stomach. Well, if if he was more relevant, I think we might be expecting a an apology. But Damon Wayans is he's a to say he's a has been is is to say that he used to be. Well, he I mean he was sort of I guess. Well, maybe his brother. I think his brother more than him, but still I mean, look, I'm not going to attack the guy's career, but goddamn to say that they're ugly therefore they're not rapeable is very problematic to say the least. I would steer clear of him. I, oh, if I was yeah. a woman. I uh, isn't that terrifying? I wouldn't let my daughter anywhere near him. Ugh. So we'll see going forward if anything comes of this. So let's get on to the 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 big news. Kim Davis is in jail, everybody. The county clerk in Kentucky who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples has now been ordered by a federal judge to be taken into custody. This happened just moments ago. This was a federal judge who, again, issued that order for clerk Kim Davis, who has reportedly refused, despite uh, court intervention, 
to go ahead and award those marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Uh, joining me now from Capitol Hill, we have Kentucky Senator, this is very appropriate, and Republican presidential candidate Rand Paul. Uh, Senator, you just heard that news. What's, what's your reaction to this? I know that you've come out in support of Kim Davis, uh, but with this news, uh, what's your take? Well, you know, I think it's absurd to put someone in jail for exercising their religious liberty. You know, if you want to convince people that same-sex marriage is something that's acceptable, I would say try to persuade people. But, you know, if we're going to use the federal government and we're going to get involved in every state, locality, you know what's going to happen? It's going to harden people's resolve on this issue. There'll be no open-mindedness on this. And I think it's a real mistake to be doing this. I think what's going to happen as a result of this is states and locality are just going to opt out of the marriage business completely. Here's the thing that Rand Paul, and one, I don't think that's a bad idea for the government to opt out of the marriage business because it's not their fucking business in the first place. But second, my second point here is that Rand Paul's fundamentally misunderstanding what's going on here. Judges aren't trying to convince, they're not trying to change hearts and minds on the marriage equality issue. What judges are trying to do is enforce the laws. She has a job, and in the course of this job, she's choosing not to do her job, and she has been held in contempt of court. It's so, actually really simple. It's super simple. I don't understand why, why, why these many Republican candidates for president are not getting it. Santorum is up next. The United States Supreme Court, in my opinion, acted unconstitutionally. And it's not just mine, it's also Justice Roberts' opinion. He said that the court acted without any constitutional support to do but this. That, but that was the minority opinion, and what the Supreme Court decided five to four is now law, that same-sex marriage is now legal, so that is the well, law as it stands. Uh, what, what I would say is that what, what the obligation, of, I believe, of a president of a Congress when the court acts unconstitutionally, and I believe they have acted unconstitutionally, I, is to use the power that is inherent in the Constitution that we call checks and balances. When, the, when a president acts unconstitutionally, the court can slap down the president. What happens if the Supreme Court acts unconstitutionally? Who, has a, who gets the opportunity to challenge them? Do you think it's and Kim Davis? To, Do you think it's a county well, clerk in Rowell no, County, well, Kentucky? I, I, I would John Berman, everybody. What Davis did, John in my Berman. opinion, was heroic, and she suffered the consequences <laughs> from it. She, she was, she was, uh, uh, you know, obviously, I think the, the putting her in jail was ridiculous as, as an extreme position. So ridiculous. But you know what? That's sometimes what it takes for people who uh, stand up and conduct civil disobedience uh, because the law is unjust uh, to suffer the consequences of that. And uh, so I commend her for actually standing up for her principles. I think it's really incumbent upon the Congress, though, uh, and the and the legislature of Kentucky uh, to, to step up, uh, and particularly the Congress, to step up and check the court and the president to check the court when it goes beyond its, uh, its legal authority. Beyond its legal authority. Constitutional scholar Rick Santorum, everybody. Oh, well, he's not the only one that had something to say about this. Of course, champion of Christianity. And he's, he's screaming about the, the, the impending holocaust of Christians that's getting ready to take place. Mike Huckabee, he also had a statement to give reporters. Thanks. Let me, uh, let me make one statement that I, I want to get out today because I think it's a very important one. Um, in Kentucky today, there is a county clerk who is showing more courage, more conviction, and more of a better understanding of the Constitution than virtually any elected official in America. 
than virtually any candidate for president and uh, certainly more than many of the people uh, who run our government in Washington. She's a Democrat and I salute her today and I stand with her and I talk about Kim Davis. I spoke to her by phone this morning. I call to encourage her and to thank her for not capitulating to what is really nothing less than judicial tyranny. When she's being told she has to uh, issue marriage license, uh, she's asking the right question, under whose authority? And the Supreme Court issued uh, a decision, but there has been no law enacted that would create for her the mechanism to do that. And she's showing a much clearer understanding of the Constitution than most of the elected officials of this country who have capitulated and surrendered to judicial tyranny and I thank God for uh, Kim Davis, and I hope more Americans will stand with her. Thanks. Thanks. He also tweeted, we must end the criminalization of Christianity. Oh, God damn. Him and Josh Feuerstein. They're, they're it's too- practically illegal to be Christian in America these days. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I, what? They're, they're the persecuted minority, Ryan Bell. How dare you? How dare you assert that Christians don't have it bad? I mean, they're in down America. to like they're like seventy two percent down from seventy five percent. Are I they mean, only seventy five? I was gonna say like eighty six percent. Well, maybe it is if you add in the yeah the Catholics and the Protestants. All oh, together. you know, yeah. I'm talking about all Jesus followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, I think it's like eighty six to eighty eight percent of America. Well, that's a minority though isn't it (laughs) god damn i I think i failed statistics but i think that's a minority all right well he wasn't the only one who had wacky shit to say let's let's wrap up the wacky shit and then britney's going to read some positive comments or what could be possibly construed as positive from the others but let's go to ted cruz and see what what pearls of wisdom that senator cruz has to has for us Well, what happened today is an outrage. It it is fundamentally wrong. For the first time, we're seeing a Christian woman thrown in jail for standing up for her faith. I'll tell you, I stand with Kim Davis unequivocally. I stand with her and anyone else that the government is trying to persecute for standing up for their faith. This is fundamentally wrong, and it's inconsistent with the First Amendment of the Constitution. We are a nation. Canadian-born Ted Cruz, everybody constitutional expert. And actually, you know what's a sad thing is that Alan Dershowitz, who was one of his professors at Harvard, actually says that he's the most brilliant student he's ever had. So he knows that the shit that he's saying isn't true, is total bullshit. Yeah. So Kim's in prison, or Kim is in jail. Kim is in county jail. And some of the candidates, Republican, have actually said some... Fairly reasonable things. At least three candidates, Chris Christie, Lindsey Graham, and Carly Fiorina, said that as a government employee, Kim Davis was obligated to carry out the law, despite personal religious objections. In a radio interview on Tuesday, Carly Fiorina, who has been forceful about the rule of law, said, quote, Is she prepared to continue to work for the government, be paid for by the government, in which case she needs to execute the government's will, or does she feel so strongly about this that she wants to sever her employment with the government and go seek employment elsewhere where her religious liberties would be paramount over her duties as a government employee? Yeah, really good. I wonder if that's a crafted statement that someone else wrote for her or if that was an off-the-cuff remark because that's that sums it up really, really well. It's fairly eloquent. Yeah. Sounds I mean, like I'm they not, put some thought into that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not voting for Carly Fiorina. 
well, she is going to be in the CNN debate, though. Yeah, it is official. On yeah. September 16th. I was yeah. going to say, Jesse, you won't have the opportunity to vote for Carly <laughs> Fiorina. <laughs> right. It's true. She, well, she, there's no way she's making it to primary. It's interesting to me, though, Brittany, when you, when in the description of before her comment, the Carly Fiorina thing, that they said that she's kind of strong on the rule of law. And I think that that's, uh, that's a good way to go. That's a good take. Uh, in the midst of all the insanity that's happening right now. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a contested issue. People are, have different viewpoints, but the bottom line is that the law of the land is that it's legal and she ha- and she's sworn an oath to yeah. obey, the, obey the law and to carry out her job. What, what's always fascinating to me though, is that it's the same voices who want to say when it comes to immigration we're a nation of laws. Oh, yeah. And people have to obey the law. If they want to come into this country, they have to do it the right way and obey the law. But now when it comes to this particular law, that it's legal to get married if you're a same gender couple, yeah. that now apparently Kim Davis doesn't have to obey the law. So are we a nation of laws or are we not a nation of laws? Right. And I think, you know, laws are temporary human-made instruments to help society govern itself. If we have a bad law, then laws can be changed. And civil disobedience is entirely understandable if you feel you know, duty-bound to break a law because of your conscience, fine. But you also get to go to jail for that. Like That's right. Martin Luther King Jr. broke lots of laws. And he knew the price for That's what right. he was And doing. he went to jail for it. Right. And then the people rallied, and, and, and then the people decide, ultimately, what's going to happen. Brittany, this is it's interesting. Brittany had she showed me a meme today that someone shared on Facebook, of course, because where else do you fucking share memes? <laughs> where do always we learn fact- anything? Always factually accurate memes, right? Of as course. Well. So what it, what what did the meme say? Because it kind of deals with what he's talking about now. Well, it has Willy Wonka, so it's one of those. Oh goddamn! And uh, at the top, it says, "You want that Kentucky?" So, so you know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> At the top, it says, you want that Kentucky county clerk punished? I guess local public officials should only disobey federal law if they want to run a sanctuary city. Right. And we had a talk about this today. Brittany and I had a relatively extensive conversation about it. And here's where I think it breaks down. Because there is there is merit to that line of thought. That like Gavin Newsom, the San Francisco mayor, has created a sanctuary city in San Francisco. I'm sure you're a fan of that, Ryan. I mean... Which is okay. I haven't thought it through clearly enough, but I mean, I think, yeah, I think people who are fleeing, like the Syrians who are flooding into this country, do you think that they want to steal our jobs? No, they don't want to die. Right. Well, so my my point, I I, I point out that you probably agree because I like to juxtapose guests and people against my relative, mildly conservative opinions. Here's my my 30,000 foot (laughs) view about this, that the United States has created, has added to an already impoverished economy in Mexico. So basically we have... We have raped and pillaged the Mexican economy and then built a wall and prevented them from coming in. So, I mean, if people are fleeing for their lives or if they're simply trying to put food on their family's table and they come across a man-made border that some, we all yeah, just sort of... it's Nate. We, listen, you have to have a border. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. But if I if my family was hungry, you better believe I would You're fucking cross right. that border right. it's the same with, to like, feed my family. Stealing drugs out of a farm. And would I really? And if I go to jail, I agree. I broke the law. I'm going to go to jail. But I would take that chance. Well, here's my thing with with combining these two issues. That well, she she's no different than Gavin Newsom. 
while I disagree with sanctuary cities, and that's not going to make my audience happy probably, but it, I do agree with the rule of law. And while we do have a broken immigration system, we need to expedite its, its repair and move forward. Here's where it breaks down for me, this meme and this, this, this train of thought. In, in the case of Kim Davis, she's refusing to do something. She's breaking the law, refusing to do something, which by nature is violating the civil rights and freedom of Americans and human beings. In the Gavin Newsom case, it is he is breaking the law, but also in the spirit of taking care of people and not violating their civil rights. So it's it, it, I don't think that they're analogous. Yeah, they may not be entirely analogous, but I think the idea of law and what law is, I mean, it's it's interesting like when someone breaks a law that you think is important, it's like the end of the world. It's like this yeah. is the law of the Medes and the Persians, it cannot be broken. When you when when someone breaks a law that you think is stupid, you you, yeah. so, you you trot out the trope like laws are made to be broken and 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 they're human constructs and we can change them so it's 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 just i mean we all there are laws like i probably broke the speeding the speed limit driving over here today oh how dare you uh, and i and, and if the cop had, in fact you know what i did i made a possibly illegal u turn when i missed a turn and a cop, I didn't see him. He was right behind me. Uh-oh. And he fo- he made the same U-turn I did. And I'm like, fuck, he's going to give me a ticket. <laughs> and he didn't. And I had my defense prepared. But anyway, if you break a traffic <laughs> law, you could get a ticket. Well, here, here's, you could go to jail. Here's what interests me or, or makes me laugh is when they talk about, well, yo, it's a, it was a 5-4 decision, so it's kind of bullshit. But then when something gets passed that they agree with, Santorum, let's say, and it's a 5-4. He's like, the court has spoken. This is over. It's it's, say, it's just like arguing with your buddy about a football game where you're like, hey, we won fair and square. And you're like, it was on a bad call. <laughs> right. But if your team wins on a bad call, you're like, hey, man, we won. Right. The ref has spoken. This is the, Look, the rules are in place <laughs> yeah. for this reason. It's, it's the, the same, same thing. It's well, the same and thing. I think the most popular argument I've been seeing is if there was someone who was refusing to give divorces, everyone would be universally against that but since this is the gay marriage issue that's yeah, a problem right yeah because everyone needs a divorce well there is the, the the judge in tennessee who is actually doing that very same thing refusing to grant divorces based solely on the june 26 2015 ruling of the supreme court which made marriage equality the law of the land a local judge in Tennessee has denied a divorce to a man and a woman on the grounds that the SCOTUS decision on same-sex marriage means only the Supreme Court can decide, quote, what is not a marriage, or better stated, when a marriage is no longer a marriage. Hamilton County Chancellor Jeffrey Atherton is a huge Scalia fan and apparently agreed with Scalia's dissent in the Oberfell Hodges where he argued that the justices were usurping states' legislative power by recognizing gay couples' rights to marry. Uh, who are the... Well, listen, like, it's no surprise that it's not a judge in California or New York or Illinois. It's Tennessee, it's Kentucky, it's Alabama. It's these the same states that held on so tightly to slavery for so long. It's that same intolerance that is 
very pervasive in their culture. Or the laws against interracial marriage. Yeah, right, which is in the North Carolina Constitution. Quote, the conclusion <laughs> reached by this court is that Tennesseans have been deemed by the U.S. Supreme Court to be incompetent to define and address such keystone slash central institutions such as marriage and thereby, at a minimum, contested divorce. Ugh. Well, anyway, we're going to wrap this up on the Kim Davis thing. But before we do, I want to play a very short clip of kind of a mashup of what was going on the other day at the rally to support Kim Davis. Jesus! 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 I'm just an old, dumb country here, Bailey. But you know what? I know God. We need to give God the praise. Yeah. And I yes, tell Kim when she calls me tonight, how many people that was out here. And she sends her love to each and every one of you all. And this is what she said. All is well. Tell them to hold their head high because I am. God is the source and the author of law and government and that any purported law that is not harmonious with his word can't be law and is not law. As our founders pointed out in the Declaration of Independence, there is an almighty God. Our rights, indeed all law, come from him. And the purpose of civil government is to protect our rights, our God-given rights, not to attack them. Kim Davis is willing to sit in jail to teach this lesson. There is no law that requires her to grant a marriage license to people of the same sex. Let me ask, let me ask, as she has asked, where is the law? What legislature voted for it? What executive signed it? What are its terms? What does it say? Where is it written? I was inspired all the way from Ohio, and I said, we must pack our bags, and we must go stand with Kim Davis. We must go fight this tyranny. Rarely do we get to see this kind of courage, a Christian willing to lay their life down for the gospel. And look at this woman showing us how to live out the word of God. Thank you, kill. Thank you, kill. Thank you, kill. Thank you, kill. Will you stand with kill? So Kim Davis could be in jail until January. Well, that's what they say. I I don't see that happening. Right. But I mean, do you not see that happening because you don't see Kim Davis willingly staying in jail until January for Jesus? I I just don't say, well, I don't know that that's going to happen either. I mean, they talked to her husband and he was like, they put me in jail for 30 years. They can't bully me. The the government's not trying to bully you. It's you trying to bully another sect of people. Anyway. What does she have to do to get out? Just do her fucking job. Or resign. Yeah. She could resign, right? She could resign, yeah. Right. Because she's a public she's an elected public official. So if she resigns, she can get out of jail. She can't just be let go though, because they there is a system of law and government in place where you don't say. Yeah, there's a system to get her out and 
it's weird that they're not just like not letting her show up for work. Well, and so the Kentucky generally... I say that tongue in cheek. I hope everyone got that when I was laughing at the end of my sentence. Sorry, Brittany, go ahead. So the Kentucky General Assembly is authorized to remove her from her position, but they're very conservative and they don't meet until January. So that's why she could stay in jail until January. I just don't... I think the judge is going to... Something's going to happen. There's going to be some... Something's going to go on. I don't know why I feel this. Maybe but. Obama will pardon her. <laughs> I also love the... That'd be awesome. great, right? <laughs> I also love the photos of the people that were attending these rallies. There was one... There was a t-shirt that someone's wearing on the back of their t-shirt. On the back of their t-shirt, it says, Be holy or be damned. Well, they were. her husband was wearing a camouflage hat with a, with a, cro- with a cross on it. And they were either distributing these free or selling them at the rally. So everybody had these camouflage. It is a powerful narrative, though, that she is standing up for truth and righteousness. Oh, yeah. And she's being jailed, not because she broke a law, but because she's Christian. Well, they're also invoking constitution, liberty, tyranny, our founding. These are emotional. Which is opposite, though. It for sure is opposite. But it's... They are emotionally eliciting. Oh man, it's so it's powerful. a mantra that people they get sucked into. It's it's the same thing that bothers me when people say, "Oh, patriot, patriot, I'm a patriot, patriot, a patriot, patriot." Uh, we get it, guy. You're a patriot. Awesome. But you know what? I love as evidenced by the the kitschy shit that we have hanging. Not black Jesus over there, but we have. I have stuff hanging around that. Uh, but graphic con- Ronald Reagan here. Yeah, constitutions <laughs> behind me. I am a guy who. I, I have a, a passionate love affair with our form of government, <laughs> our founding documents, our system. <laughs> um, I hope that got picked up, that you're doing slurping noises. So I found Lindsey Graham's quote, if you want me to read it. All right. He says, quote, the rule of law is the rule of law. That's where we are. A rule of law nation. I appreciate her conviction. I support traditional marriage, but she's accepted a job where she has to apply the law to everyone and that's her choice. Yeah. There's the rule of law thing. It's rule like of if, law. If she, at least Lindsey Graham is like, Lindsey Graham, I don't know what his position on immigration is. I could guess. But it's consistent. It's a rule of law. And now, if you want to change the law, there's a process for that. You can enact civil disobedience. You can go to jail. You can create a movement to create change. Yeah. That's your, those are your options. That's it. We have a system in place. Those are your options. Work within the framework of that system. If it's an unjust law, and maybe it's an unjust law. Some people will say it's an unjust law. But you create a protest, some people go to jail, and you change it. That's how it works. It's all based on the Bible, right? So she's not a martyr. She's just standing up for what she believes the same way anybody that would break a law for principle would do. Uh, while subjugating and oppressing another group of people. Of course. No, yes. I don't. Obviously, you're not in favor of Kim Davis. Who no. would think you were Kim Davis supporter? But she has a right. She Here's the thing. She has a right to break the law over her conscience and then she has also the obligation to go to jail. That's right. She has suffered the consequences That's right. of breaking the law. So do you want to know Lindsey Graham's position on immigration? Oh, I would love to know. Brittany, internet connection du jour. Okay, so Mr. Graham. Mr. Graham. Oh, Senior Graham. Yes, Sorry, I'm yeah. slow on the uptick. Differs from many of his... Re- She's reading from the New York Times right now. And they always say... 
Senor Graham. No, well, no, they say Mr. <laughs> no? I think we talked about oh. this last time, too. Oh, right, right, Mr., right. Mr., Mr., Mr. It's and their journalistic convention. That's right. And when they went Mr. Bush, it was right around the time that he was speaking Spanish all the time. And I was like, Senor Bush. Anyway, the audience knows. But since you never listen to I'm a noob here. Right. No, I totally knew that. I totally knew that. <laughs> okay. So he differs from many of his fellow Republican contenders in that he is a strong proponent of making it possible for immigrants who are in the country illegally legally to become citizens quote if i were president of the united states i would veto any bill that did not have a pathway to citizenship you would have a long hard path to citizenship he long says long and hard he says republicans have been losing hispanic support because of hostility toward immigrants well he's all listen a lot of people think he's some hardline crazy conservative and he's not he's a very centrist type of of, of a republican where he's wacky is his his defense he's to call him hawkish is not doing it justice he's a nut when it comes to 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 war and the escalation of issues military and the patriot act right uh yeah oh, yo he's for sure a big patriot act guy yeah. but he's a i mean here's the thing he comes from a school of american politics that is gone where yeah. where people of differing ideologies sit down have a glass of whiskey and talk Right. And negotiate and compromise. Like, or in Lindsey Graham's case, something really like a girly drink. All right. Well, let's listen. Because all this is based on the Bible, I found this thing on BuzzFeed that maybe you've seen on Facebook. And I think it is awesome. And we're going to play a game. Me and Ryan are going to go head games. to head. Yeah, games. I'm, I'm going to be the reader in this case. Brittany will be very happy. It's BuzzFeed put out this website or it's on their website. Heavy metal lyric or Bible verse. So, heavy metal or Bible verse, here's this, here's, here's what it says. If I wet my glittering sword and my hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to my enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh and that with the blood of the slain and the captives from the beginning of revenge on my enemy. Bible or metal? I'm going to say Bible. I'm going metal. Really? Yeah, metal. Deuteronomy 20, 30, oh! 32, 41 through 2. All right, One point for me. <laughs> and zero for me. Heavy metal lyric or Bible verse? And I will fill his mountains with his slain men. In your hills and in your valleys... In all of your rivers shall shall they fall that they are slain with the sword. I will. It's written in heavy metal, like like font, so it's hard to read. <laughs> right. I will make you perpetual desolations, and your cities shall not return. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Okay. That's Bible. Bible. <laughs> Let's see. Ezekiel thirty-five eight and nine. Yes. All right. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stench shall rise up out of their corpses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. Bible. I'll say I'll say metal. Wrong. Isaiah 34.3. <laughs> yes! We are tied. Alright. The heavy metal or heavy metal lyric or Bible verse. The sky is turning red. Return to power draws near. 
fall into me, the sky's crimson tears abolish the rules made of stone. Metal. Metal. Slayer, raining blood. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was kind of easy. All right. Heavy metal lyric or Bible verse, and in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. Too many shalls. I'm going to say Bible. Yeah, that's I know that text. That's oh, Bible. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Revelation. Revelation 9-6. Ah, Ryan Bell, former pastor. Weird. Heavy metal lyric or Bible verse, I can feel it burn inside of me, tormented young with no souls, haunting me, pain in their lives. All they know is misery. Take these chains. Oh, this is fucking Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You gave it away. Uh, it's it's this is uh, the the Vietnam veteran song. Yeah yeah yeah. You're ruining the game. Oh no, that's Avenged Sevenfold, Eternal Rest. Avenged Sevenfold, huh? Oh, how do you say it? I don't even. I know. think it's Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, but you also think it's Seven Up, and I not do. Seven Up. That's why I'm making fun of you. <laughs> seven Up. Yeah. I could go either way. All right, let's do two more. Two more. Heavy metal right now or Bible verse? I am a brother to dragons and a companion to owls. My skin is black upon me, and my bones are burned with heat. I think metal. Metal. I got to go metal. Job 30, 29, and 30. Are you serious? (laughs) We both got zero. Dragons? Yeah. Well, dragons are a very prominent uh, fixture in the Bible. All right. In Job, for sure. There are some weird creatures. Heavy metal lyric or Bible verse? Killing scores with demon swords. Oh, that rhyme. (laughs) That's no good. (laughs) Killing scores with demon swords. Now is death of doers of wrong. <clears throat> wow, I, I can't do that voice very much. Let me start over. Killing scores with demon swords. Now is the death of doers of wrong. Swing the judgment hammer down safely inside armor, blood, guts, and sweat. Sounds like Bible. I, metal. That sounds like metal to me. That's Metallica. Damn it! The four horsemen. <laughs> Ryan pulls ahead. Okay, what's the score right now, Ryan? Four for me and three for Brittany. Oh, we got to get it to a tiebreaker. Well, okay, this will be the last one. Okay. It could be a tie. And then we'll do a tiebreaker if if, if it's tied. Okay, okay. all right, all right. Heavy metal lyric or Bible verse. And I looked and behold a pair of whore. Ah, that's fucking Too easy. Bible. Yeah, Revelation 6, 8, of course. Skip it. Pale horse. All right, here we go. Daughter Babylon. Doomed to destruction, happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Bible. Psalm 133. Psalm 137. Seven. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Ryan won. Yeah. Shoot. I was thinking of throwing it, but I couldn't on that one. <laughs> Well, that was good. That was uh, fun. That's a fun little game. You should check that out at BuzzFeed. Metal or Bible verse? Our listeners should also let us know how they did. Was it hard? (laughs) Was it easy? Well, some of those were, like you said, it's too many shalls. Yeah. I would say it's hard to concentrate with that heavy metal music playing in the background. (laughs) I know. I felt really stressed out. I know. It was very stressful. (laughs) I love it. I I think we we should do more of that. Maybe we should create our own. Yes. Create our own. But Heavy the, metal? You're going to yeah, write well, some songs? Yeah, yeah. You know me. I'm uh, super creative in that way. He's cutting it up in the garage, guys. <laughs> Jesse's down in the garage, like, really slaying it on the guitar. All right. Well, with that beautiful little fun little game show segment, we're going to leave you. 
as always, we we thank you and love you for listening as much as you do. We didn't play the Patreon mid-roll. If you want to go check out Patreon, patreon.com slash idata with Dollamore, of course. Patreon.com slash life after God. The lovely and talented Ryan Bell, co-host oh, for today. Stop. <laughs> And uh, we want to thank Ryan for stopping by. It's uh, it's always a good time having you in. It, really, we and these are episodes that get a lot of traction. People really seem to resonate with when we have you in studio. Well, I mean, I have to come down and hang with you know the ritzy class here in the OC, <laughs> Costa Mesa bitches. <laughs> wow, you did, you did. I think we mentioned this every time you're on when you when you talked about Britney being no, stop it, Little you Miss Newport Beach. Oh, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> I have to. I've apologized for that. You can't keep rubbing my face in that. Uh, no, I do. I love it. I love coming down here. The traffic was easy today. Usually, you know, we we in L.A. we bash on the O.C., but really, it's just resentment. We it's so beautiful. <laughs> we just are jealous. We are professionally jealous of right. your of your scenery. And the traffic blows. But in today, LA, well, no, getting here, here. Oh, getting right, right, here right. on the five and the four or five. There's just no way to get the, the saying. There's you can't get there from here. Should have originated in Los Angeles. <laughs> but anyway, tra- traffic was great today, and I was listening to some podcasts. It's like the Californians from SNL coming alive right now with the I five know. and the four oh five. The four five. I yeah. just it's to hard. The it's difficult not to do that though when you do live in California and driving is such a huge part of our lives. Right, right. Mahalanja. Yeah. Right, right. Marina Del Rai. We're gonna go to Marina Del Rai. It's the five five to Marina Del Rai. All right. Well, we listen. We love you. We appreciate you. If you have anything you'd like to add to this or any other episode we've done, 657-464-7609. Go check out Life After God on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your finest of the fine podcasts. For Brittany Page, Ryan Bell, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. We are in the garage of the universe, having been created by this punk-ass kid who doesn't give a shit about us. 